0: Can't wait to talk a little recruiting today. There is some thought out there that we may have some commitments coming into Alabama
1: very shortly. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Everybody, and welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, recruiting never stops. And it feels like Alabama is about to be unstopping even more here very shortly. It's got to be another way to say that. But uh, June 1st, uh, Anthony Turbo Rogers will be making his commitment. And now it does feel like Alabama, you and I talked about on the podcast the other day, weren't sure this thing was headed. Um and uh it, it was sort of like up in the air, but it does feel like it's gonna end up being Alabama.
1: I think it's Alabama. Uh I'm not hundred percent certain. This isn't something I'm telling y'all to take to the bank, but but today, I mean, I think this is gonna be Alabama. It's what we're uh, leaning to at Bama Insider uh right now uh, is that that turbo is going to uh to choose Alabama. That's that's our guest today. Uh, that's him telling me not to give it away. Uh, actually, we, we don't really know. It uh, could be Auburn, could be Florida. I think is a, is a real player for for Turbo. Uh, I like him a lot. I, I'm surprised that that we like him to the point that we're ready to take a 2025 running back. There's a, again, this is a 2025 guy. This is gonna this is a player that will be a junior this fall at uh at Park at uh, Pike Road. And uh, good program, lots of good players there. Oh, actually, I said Pike Road. He's going to IMG. That's that's big news. Uh, and it's going to improve him. As a matter of fact, I'm excited about that a little bit um, in the sense that I think just the experience at IMG is going to make him a better player. He'll be introduced to playing and practicing with other elite players around him. It's only going to make him better. He'll get high-quality coaching for sure. One interesting thing about him, Luke, you know, he's a little small. He, he's, he's right about 185 right now, which, which would make him small for an Alabama running back. But he runs track in the spring, by the way, at 10, 700 meters. That's why they call him turbo. Uh, a little light, you know, but he gets light purposefully during the spring. He, 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 he's really serious about track and and, and, and and doing well in events. So he doesn't muscle up during the spring. He he tries to, to, to lose weight and become a better sprinter for his track team. Uh, Once he is full-time football and not participating in track any longer, I suspect he's going to put on a little more weight and keep it. Uh, I'm going to guess he's going to end up playing in college around 200 pounds, which again makes him a little light for us at running back. But it's also a recognition, Luke, that football's changed. Uh, Nick Saban has changed in terms of our offense and what we're building. He's what I would call a spread back, which means – he plays in space. He's good catching the ball. Uh, I, I think a lot of people might want to compare him to Jameer Gibbs, and I think that's fair. I, I do think that's fair. Uh, but I think he's also a little torment to to Turbo. I think he's a little tougher, a little bit better inside runner. I think it's I think it's a lot of Jameer Gibbs with a splash of Josh Jacobs. Now that that makes him sound like a five star, and 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 I don't mean that. I just mean. That's what his style of play is like, and that's what I think we'd be getting, a spread back uh, that's got some Gibbs-like skills and some uh, Josh Jacobs toughness.
0: I was watching some of the – I was watching some of the – you thought I was muted, and I was, but
1: I I couldn't – No, 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 I knew you weren't muted, but I knew you weren't muted. But I I was announcing the end of my essay. I think that's good. That's what you need to – you
0: need to give me a one-minute warning.
1: Yeah. Oh, sometimes Uh, I'll go seven minutes. um, Sometimes I go four minutes and I go that's
0: enough. uh, While you were talking about him and one day I'm going to learn how to put videos onto this thing so that people can see the videos when we're talking about somebody. I've just recently learned how to put pictures up. And so I was so proud that I found this picture right here. Uh, boy, he looks pretty cut up right there. Doesn't he? Anthony Rogers. Uh, Yep. 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 Um, but, uh, I saw, I watched some videos while you were talking and, you know, the first thing that popped into my head was he runs like a track star, not that he's fast, he is fast, but it's like his running style look like that of a guy who's running track when he was, you know, when he gets into, if he finds a crease, it's over. Um, but you know, running backs usually have like a certain style and it's not always perfect form in terms of the way you'd run in track. Uh, not that I'm some track expert, but um, the, he runs even with his pads. Like when he gets in the open field, it's like he's on the track um, the way he runs. So it's interesting. He loves to do the thing that, um, you know, as far as I can tell, Julio Jones was one of the first ones to do it in 2000, I think, eight against or 2009 against LSU when he caught the, the little short pass from McElroy and was able to break free and um scored a touchdown and he sort of puts his head down like he's going to and puts his arms out like he's crossing the the stripe um like breaking like
1: breaking the tape at the breaking end of the tape range.
0: yeah um and but he does that just about every time he scores and the thing is and i know his highlights but like i saw 10 highlights and it, they're all long touchdowns a couple kick a yeah. couple short passes He's a, he a home run out.
1: hitter. We're we're about to talk about Kevin Riley, who's also a home run hitter in that way. And I love the home run hitters because I mean, hey, you can be at their one yard line or your one yard line, and he might score. You know, so home run hitters at running back, like Gibbs, uh, they're fun. But what what you want, ideally, Luke, as a as a home run hitter, who's also going to be pretty good about getting you tough yards, and and. That, uh, could end up being a, a star player at the next level because there's some toughness to him. I don't think he's just the home run hitter. I, I think I think he might be a guy that might surprise you on third and two.
0: Yeah. Um I think he's the kind of guy that can uh for sure get, get you a couple of yards. He's just so tough to see. like a couple of times in these highlights, um he he was just difficult to find. You know? Yeah. Um he, like he gets in the he gets into the the crowd and and he's just sort of disappears. Next thing you know, he's running for a touchdown. So
1: right. Another compliment um, about him is you know we talked about what a tra- he is a track star and he runs track. And if you tell me, hey, this running back is a track guy, I get sort of turned off. That I get turned off because to me, running backs are born. You can't make one. You can't you can't have the best athlete on the team and say, hey, you know what, we're gonna Make you a running back works at the SEC level and the NFL level. I think there are natural running backs, guys that are born. They come out of the womb and they're born, and the day they're at the hospital, you know, while they're crying, what they're really saying is, "Guess what? I'm a running back." And and they just fall out of the womb that way. And and they just just don't speak backs. English yet. That not not just yet, not just yet. They have to learn. They have to learn uh, English over time, and then then they announce that they're running backs formally uh, when they're you know two, but. I think Turbo—he is a natural back. He's a nat. You watch him play running back, and you're like, there is no other position I'm going to put this guy. He, he is a running back. That's what he does, and uh, he just happens to be fast enough to uh, to run excellent track times.
0: Jimmy, I now need to know everybody about bird dogs. Look, they sent us some free merch because they came on as a sponsor and I can't wait to order some more. I love it. It looks good. Uh, my wife loves it. Um, it, it. It's just awesome. And it's it's so cool. It feels great. I look better. I feel better. Um, they got this stretchy fabric that, uh, you know, is sort of. A hip thing now but it's like high quality give me the freedom to wear one pair of shorts or pants on the golf course um it, it's just a, that you can do anything with them i mean they're they're casual yet they, they look good enough to where you can wear them you know out to like a, you know if you want to go somewhere decent on the beach you could wear these out there um i'm telling i've when I got them the other day, I was thinking, okay, you know, I don't know what I want to think about these. Cause I'm sort of, I got a weird frame and I put them on, they fit great. And I, and I quit wearing them. Like, except when I come to work where I j- typically wear jeans, I've been putting on these shorts every single day. Uh, Dave Portnoy, you know, uh, from uh, Barstool, he does pizza wearing bird dogs and talks about how he hates the pizza, but his legs look great in his bird dog, uh, Pants and shorts. College football nerds say they're perfect pants for dads and that have a little bit of an extra gut. That'd be me. Um, Bird dogs make them look great and feel comfortable. So, uh, the Pardon My Take host, PFT, famously never wears pants. The only shorts he truly loves are the bird dog shorts. And I'm telling you, these things are awesome. You want to go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, birddog.com birddogs.com slash locked on college. You will love these things. Uh, and you can get all kinds of different products and they feel fantastic. So take our word for it. Please help support our sponsors, birddogs.com slash locked on college on tomorrow's podcast. We'll keep up with Jimmy's countdown. We're going to talk about Bray Hubbard in the final segment today. Uh, but Jimmy, I'm going to give you a minute to talk a little bit about Kevin Riley. This is the running back who's the top running back in the state of Alabama this year. He's out of Tuscaloosa. Um, What are the odds he'd be committing relatively soon?
1: Good, good. Uh, Now, what I don't know, what I'd like to find out, it really doesn't matter with him. I don't think – I believe he has a committable offer, meaning he could commit to Alabama today and not wait until camp. Uh, The vast majority of kids have to participate in camp to get the green light to commit, but – I, I think Kevin Riley could probably commit to Alabama. If not, what I suspect is he'll be given the green light a few minutes after being at camp. because It will take him about that long to prove that he is exactly what you see on tape. Um, look, let's be honest. Uh, I know that a lot of Alabama fans would like us to sign Nathaniel Frazier, who might be the number one running back in the country for modern day in California. Look, running back works a little different than other positions. It works similar to quarterbacks similar. And and in that, y'all just have to understand that we signed what we signed in the last group, Justice Haynes and Richard Young. We signed two of the top five every junior running back in the country is a hundred percent aware of Richard Young and Justice Haynes and how good they are. So it was always going to be really difficult for Alabama to sign more national elite blue chippers. We have to be a little selective and maybe find guys or sign guys who we think are that good they just might not be ranked where those guys are and that's exactly what we have here in kevin riley he's not a national top five guy but he might be he really might be uh particularly when he gets the next level and gets even better coaching training in terms of style uh i'm going to compare him to Kenyon drake i think he's a lot like that i think he's a, a sprinter uh i think he's an open field guy all he needs is the crease and then he smoked he also catches the ball extremely well uh he's the home run hitter like we talked about with Rogers and and I think for me Luke where I'll get really really excited about running back in this group because it won't not again maybe next year but not not Haynes and Young in this class they're, they're not we're just not gonna Nathaniel is just not ultimately likely to choose a place where he's got older kids in front of him with those that level of reputation because he knows he he would have a difficult time getting on the field but uh I think if Alabama signed Kevin Riley from Tuscaloosa County and Daniel Hill from Meridian High School, uh, so basically you're talking about two local kids to Tuscaloosa, really, uh, I think that will be awesome because Kevin Riley is your home run hitter, Daniel Hill is your move the chains guy, and uh, that's what you need the year after signing Justice Haynes and, and Richard Young is, is go get your role players, go get your committee guys, go get your, hey, you know, we need a big play, put in Kevin Riley. Hey, we need a first down, go put in Daniel Hill. Uh, that, that would be an ideal duo for me. And the good news is I think we're a strong leader on Kevin Riley and uh, probably lead for Daniel Hill, although South Carolina is doing a great job recruiting him and they're, they're doing some convincing on him. So I'm, I'm a little worried that South Carolina might, might beat us on Daniel Hill. But uh, Hill's an Alabama fan. His uh, uh, folks are Alabama fans. I think in the end that'll win out.
0: Kevin Riley uh, from Tusculan Northport, uh, 511, 195, and now twenty-four-seven, which uh, Jimmy, you better start getting familiar with, uh, not to s- spoil anything. <laughs> I mean, is that crazy? You're shaking your head at me. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you
1: know, I like on th- I like on threes rankings.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm with you. I'm just this out there. Um, yeah. okay. So, uh, anyway, Kevin Riley, uh, number 105 player in the country. Um, yeah. It is funny that you said Nate Frazier, because uh, I just pulled this up. He is ranked the number 10 running back in the country by 24-7.
1: That's weird. I watch the tape. In my, in my view of the tape I've seen, I would put him number one. That's, that's okay. Jimmy Stein. Is. I, I think Frazier the best running back in, in, in the country in this class. Now, uh, I said that without – knowing where he's ranked by all the services. But, but to me, Nathaniel Frazier is the best one. I've seen a lot of Alabama fans going, ooh, we're going to get Frazier. I, I've just doubted we could get a kid ranked like he is from California to come here in the class after Haynes and Young. I think it's just really – it's like outside linebacker this year too. I mean, what outside linebacker is looking at Alabama going, oh, yeah, look, they signed Keon Keely, Quay Russo, and and, and Yonsei Pierre last year. I'm going to go get in that line. I mean, outside linebacker is another spot where this year – we're going to sign good players there, no doubt. But you probably won't hit the home run that you hit last year at the spots like that, you know, right? right? Like, you know, it's just it, – it happens at quarterback, you know, more than any any other position, really.
0: Well, here's the thing. That 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 was going to be my point. I'm not sure uh, – now, I'm looking at 24-7's rankings. I'll pull up on threes. But I, I don't know that there's a home run running back this year. It looks like last year was a much better year for running backs. Taylor Tatum is the number one running back, according to 24-7, and I'm just going to pull up uh, on threes here. Um, and it, But but it feels like running back was better last year.
1: Oh, it is a cyclical thing, and it can change year to year. For instance, I don't think – to be honest, as crazy as this sounds globally, I don't think it's a gray year period, you know, in 2024. I don't think there's a lot of positions. In there. There's some positions. Wide receiver really good. Uh, there's some position tight end is extremely good. Uh, but a lot of positions like defensive line, offensive line, running back, uh, it's just not a deep year of, of superstars, uh, you know, in this class nationally, but yeah, it can definitely be cyclical in terms of, Hey, this year, it's really good for the elite 11 quarterback. Uh, I, I would say this elite 11 group as a whole isn't as good as it normally is. Now, Five or six guys at the top, including Joy and Sand, are exceptional, uh, but uh, not as deep. There's only eleven guys invited to Elite Eleven this year. It's the first time that number's been that low in a while.
0: I do love on three has their nil of value associated with each player. For Julian saying it's seventy-one thousand dollars. That's, that's crazy. Julian Sayan had a nice video the other day. It looked like Doug Flutie slinging the ball around out there. Of course, there was no defense. He was just throwing to a receiver, but I like what I saw. Um, okay. He's just, he's very easy to like.
1: He's shockingly athletic. One thing about Julian Sayan is he's probably not going to run a 4 4 He's not that kind of athlete. He's not a track athlete. But as a quarterback doing quarterback things, he's a shockingly good athlete, uh, very similar to NFL guys. You know how you wouldn't say, you know how you wouldn't say somebody like, I'm just going to pick a random guy out. Uh, You wouldn't say uh, Daniel Jones. Well, that's an exception because he is fast. Uh, uh, Sam Howell, Sam Howell at the Washington commander is going to be the starting quarterback this year. I don't know that anyone anywhere says one of the best athletes in the world is Sam Howell. No one's ever going to say that. But when you watch Sam Howell play quarterback, one of the things that will strike you is what an athletic dude. I mean, he can do anything, he can pick up a tennis racket, he can pick up a golf club, he could be get a lacrosse in a week, he will probably step in the batter's box and hit a college-level, you know, fastball, uh, and doing and, and and sayings like that. He's just a really good athlete.
0: All right, Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about, uh, speaking of guys who are really good athletes, we're going to talk about Ray Hubbard. And we're back. Uh, before we get into Bray Hubbard, shout out to the baseball team four nothing win over Kentucky uh, last night. That was great. Um, it was uh, you know this team really has come together. It, it, I'm not a big baseball guy overall, but man, I'm starting to dig this team. Just the the way they have gutted this thing out and persevered. It, the Brad Bohannon thing just boy it could have just derailed this whole program. And, in fact, they've used it to really uh, kick it up a notch, which I appreciate. But, um, anyway, so they'll play uh, Florida a little later on today. Bray Hubbard, he's made it uh, to your account here. And from Ocean Springs, Mississippi, I got to call him in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game last year. He was shockingly good to me. I I really was. I was super surprised how good he was. Uh, You guys had him as the number 296 player in the country. Um, I think, again – I don't I'm not gonna pretend I know the other 295 guys. I feel like he's better than that, Jimmy. I feel like Bray Hooker is oh, yeah. the kind of guy if he played this year, it wouldn't shock me.
1: There's some guys profile of guys that would be underranked. He's a perfect example because in high school he didn't play the position he's gonna play in college. Uh, in high school he's a quarterback. Uh, and, and he's he's playing safety at, at Alabama. So you didn't the, the people doing the rankings didn't get to see him do safety stuff even though he has really nice safety measurables in terms of his size, his speed and athleticism, green safety, uh, but he played quarterback. So that's one thing. Secondly, Mississippi's kind of a strange state in terms of, of high school rankings. I think a lot of kids in Mississippi get overlooked uh, as opposed to kids in Alabama or, or Georgia, Florida, Louisiana. I think Mississippi just for whatever reason doesn't get the recruiting coverage other states get. I think that's a factor. Here's another thing. Everybody that's recruiting brave sort of recruited him as some group of five interest and FCS interest as a quarterback. And then he's a big Alabama guy. He gets talked into, hey, trying out to be a safety at Alabama and, and hits, the, hits the audition out of the park and gets an immediate takeable, you know, offer from, from Nick Saban. He sort of committed to Alabama to be a safety before recruiting really started for him. I think had he announced, hey, world, I'm going to play DB. I'm going to go to the Nike camps and the underclassmen camps and the rivals camps and on three camps and 24, seven camps. And then I'm going to go to Alabama's camp, LSU's camp, Tennessee, Florida state and, and USC. And then I'm going to make a decision. I think had he done all that and gone through with it, we'd have been talking about a national top 100 player because I think had he had that sort of exposure as a safety prospect, I think he would have been national top 100. I really believe that. So that's why I have him ranked here at 71. Uh, And and frankly, I'll be completely honest here. I had him about 10 spots higher than this, really. But when this is a ranking of the 2023 football team, not overall talent level on the team. This is about where the 2023 players, how, how we should rank them. So the red shirts get put at the bottom. I had Bray much higher than this or 10 or 15 spots higher because to me, he had the sort of spring, which indicated he wasn't going to redshirt. He, he was a player. He was going to play special teams and maybe even get in the games at safety to an extent. He, there was buzz. Uh, the coaches like him a lot. Uh, but what happened was Alabama took the safety from UAB, Jalen Keith. And when Alabama took the safety from UAB, and you, you, now he's a guy who's definitely got a slot ahead of Hubbard and Jake Pope and probably even Devontae Smith in terms of safeties that are likely to play this fall on the 2023 team. So now i bumped Bray back down to what I would call a probable red shirt. Not certain, but probable. Uh, but he did, I think, put himself in a position to play this spring uh, with Buzz and with Alabama's lack of depth at safety. Bray Hubbard is a nice guest to be a future starter at Alabama. Might not be 2024, might be more like 2025, but uh, man, he he he's a check every box guy, really. Uh, physical, fast, great instincts, and lots of want to.
0: You know, you gotta love a safety who has played a lot of quarterback. I mean, it's it's an instinctual thing, right? I mean, it's muscle memory. You're gonna kind of know what quarterbacks are thinking in general, and I so I think that's uh, it's great when you can have. A, a, You know, because look, he played some quarterback in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game, and he wasn't bad. Um, so I, I, he's not bad at that position. It's not like they were like, oh, my God, we've run out of people. we got to put Ray Hubbard back there. No, he he's just a, a heck of an athlete. And I think that um, the, his experience at quarterback will definitely help him at safety. And uh, I was super impressed with his physicality, super impressed with his speed. Uh, And I talked to a few guys at the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game on the Mississippi side, and I I asked them who impressed them during practice. And I I would say more than 50% of them said Bray Hubbard.
1: Yep. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, uh, and again, he's a product of a guy who played quarterback who just didn't play the position he's going to play in college. And and I think that's what hurt his recruiting profile. And again, where he's ranked is fine. You have to remember – There's roughly 260 players taken in the NFL draft each year. So if you're a national top 260 guy, that sort of means, hey, this guy's going to be drafted into the NFL. And I don't care how successful the Saban is. If you have a player in your program that's going to be drafted into the NFL, even in the seventh round, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Ask other Power 5 schools. Don't let the Nick Saban experience ruin you. As a football fan, uh, it's a big deal to be drafted by the NFL. And if you're signing players who are going to be drafted, then you're going to have one heck of a college football team.
0: Um, going back to baseball just for a second, Jimmy, do you think uh, Alabama now, you think they will host, I mean, regardless of what happens against the, in the rest of the SEC because they're in the double elimination portion. So, I mean, if they, even if right. they lose to Florida, they're still playing. I, I'm like you. I, f- I feel like they host, which is just an amazing
1: accomplishment. Right. You lose to Florida and you lose to Vandy tomorrow, and, and it's not even going to get your RPI because they're so high, so ridiculously high. So, yeah, I think Alabama has clinched hosting a regional. I think Alabama is a fun national story for people. I think a lot of folks at the NCAA and people who follow college baseball root for this Alabama team. Because they know they're innocent, they're they're innocent of of what happened. There's a bad guy, but it's not the bad guy's not Alabama baseball. It was one one person, and uh, I think that uh, people kind of root for this team, and I, I do think we'll see Alabama host. Alabama would be hosting a regional for the first time since 2006. Pretty good big deal, Lord. Yep. We, I mean, we used to be
0: really good. We used to be something.
1: Seven. I used to be a contender. <laughs> and this will only be the second team to make the NCAA tournament in uh, nine years, only the oh second time in nine years. That's so,
0: bananas. I mean,
1: and it shows how this team's good, eh? and it's not easy to do it in the SEC. The SEC is just so brutal, it's ridiculous. The two teams that didn't even qualify to get to Hoover are the last two national champions.
0: Yeah, that can is you imagine?
1: Crazy. Can you imagine Alabama? The, how good would the SEC? For you to say, you know, who the two worst teams in this league are Alabama and Georgia, I, yeah. and, and I mean, it would take that could happen one day, but it would take years to get to that point, not overnight. But that's literally what happened. This Ole Miss, defending national champs, they didn't even make it to Hoover. Mississippi State one year before that didn't even make it to Hoover. That's a, and everybody in this tournament is so good. There is no bad loss to anyone in this tournament. Everybody's very good.
0: For Alabama football to get that bad, we'd have to find out Nick Saban was betting on Alabama baseball or against it. <laughs> so, uh, all right. That's going to do it for today's episode. We'll be back tomorrow. More countdown stuff. Probably some more recruiting stuff is, you know, people I'm doing on three, 24-7 rivals. They're all doing a great job, like ESPN, updating their rankings uh, and it being a lot more fluid about it. And I appreciate that because I think that's the way it should be. And um, so we may even talk about where some guys fall in the rankings again tomorrow, but until then, roll tight, everybody.
1: Roll tight.